If you have a financial question for Pager Bruce, you can keep in mind this number 24-7-888-6 Advice. And you can also email your questions to your money at wealthenhancement.com. But right now and during the show, you can call, text either way, our studio line at 651-461-9226. Once again, here's Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor Peg Webb and the founder of Wealth Enhancement Group, Financial Advisor Bruce Helmer. Good morning, Denny. Good morning, Bruce. Hi, Peg. Uh, hi, Denny Long. Thank you for the introduction, sir. And uh, Denny and listeners, we've got a, a, a topic today that I think is a good one. But Peg, before we jump into the to- uh, our, our topic, we would be remiss, I think, if we didn't mention, I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of listeners are curious about it, the failure of a, of a really big bank, the Silicon Valley Bank, failed on Friday, and it happened so fast. It took the financial world and the world in in general, I think, by surprise. Bank failures are not rare. A lot of banks fail um, actually frequently, but they're usually little small banks that most people have never heard of, and they're not even really, they don't become news stories. But this bank had over $200 billion in assets, uh, was, I think, one of the top 20 uh, banks in the country, so it's it's really the biggest failure we've seen in the system since you know the the, the market crash of uh, 2008. We lost a big bank called Washington Mutual. So it's a big news story. And Peg, I think the key takeaways and and you please add to this: we don't have all the answers yet. This is so new. We don't. You know, I'm not an expert. You're not an expert on how to talk about why this happened. And uh, but I think key takeaways are number one: listeners should remember that that you're protected. If you have money in the bank, you're protected by the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, FDIC, up to $250,000 per account. So even the people banking at Silicon Valley have got some protection from from the government, and they're not going to lose their money unless they have accounts worth more than $250,000. The protection goes up to $250,000. And the other thing is is that I, I think it's key for people to know there's, when something like this happens, I think there's a fear that the, the whole economy is going to crash and other banks are going to fail. It's very unlikely that this is going to set off a chain of events or chain of failures. The banking system is actually well capitalized right now. This was, I think, an anomaly because this particular bank, their business focus was on giving loans to start up technological companies. And a lot of things in the economy came to, uh, you know, a perfect storm that really, you know, put them in the eye of the hurricane, if you will. But it's not typical of most banking situations. So I don't think listeners need to worry about their bank failing on on Monday or failing next week. Uh, I don't think we're going to see, you know, massive bank failures. But it's probably not going to be good when the market opens on Monday morning either. I think this news will have negative impact on the market. Peg, you want to add to that? I, I mean, I, I don't have all the answers. Wealth Enhancement Group is actually going to issue a position, uh, I think, tomorrow and probably Tuesday. So we might have more factual data to talk about this more on the show next week. I'm sorry, Peg? Yeah, thank you, Bruce. I, I, thank you. You did a really good job of recapping what we know today. And I've even mentioned on the show, because we started hearing about higher rates of return, on bank savings and treasuries 
and that kind of thing, and encouraging our clients to take advantage of these higher rates. Well, one of the things that clients are always asking me is where can they put their ready cash and earn more money on it? Well, even on the show, I say, well, you can, you can Google high yield savings, FDIC insured. That's what I said on the radio. So why do I say that? For the particular reason of what we're going through today. So um, the people that have the FDIC insurance, it sounds like in what I've read, they're going to react very quickly to make sure that people know that they are um, secure. So that would be it, Bruce, just that it's a reminder. So if your advisor says FDIC insured, you know, up to a certain amount, you got to pay attention to that. And I think sometimes we get complacent in saying, oh, it's a bank. I mean, I think it should be absolutely fine. And we always need to take that precaution. And several of my clients actually have money in three different banks because they have to, because they have that much money that they just want ready reserve. And so, you, you, yeah, it's a pain. It's a pain to go open three different bank accounts versus one. But here's a reminder, Bruce, of why you do it. You know, and, and I'm showing my, well, I guess everybody, it's not necessarily an age thing because it's on every year at the holiday season. But as the story broke and they talked about literally a run on the bank, a panic run on the bank, I could not help but think of the scene from It's a Wonderful Life where Jimmy Stewart's old building and loan, there's, you know, there's a, it's a, during the depression and uh, Jimmy Stewart has to come back from his honeymoon to save the, the old building and loan. I think of that scene. Um, and that's kind of what happened here. The, it may not even be logical why this happened, but it happened. And so there's going to be a lot more news on it this weekend. If there's anything relevant to add on it on, uh, next week, we'll talk about it. But again, I don't think people have to be freaking out this weekend, wondering if their bank is going to follow suit and go under next week. I, I think that's highly unlikely, but um, I am looking for probably a negative start uh, this week on Wall Street to, to stocks, probably because of this news. Um, let's get into our topic. I, I think it's a good one. I think it's uh, going to be interesting in, uh, to people and relevant probably to almost everybody. We call it, have you outgrown your current financial advisor? Um, people, a lot of our listeners use a financial advisor and maybe you've had a relationship with your advisor that you've been happy with, or maybe you're questioning some things and the way your advisor has been doing them or, or your results. It happens to all of us. It happens to me sometimes. And, and uh, a lot of people that come to me for the first time came from another advisor and they got enchanted with their relationship or um, wanted a second opinion on some things or peg. What we need to focus also on is maybe you're somebody that doesn't have an advisor at all. Not just are you disenchanted with your current advisor, but what if you don't have an advisor and you've never had one? I think today's discussion will give some credence to the idea of maybe you want one. So let's talk about things that people, have, if they don't have an advisor, try to deal with on their own, or even if they do have an advisor, challenges that they face in terms of, reaching the financial success that they're striving for. Yeah, thank you, Bruce. I've been in this job for a very long time, uh, decades, and I truly believe that it's more complicated today than it's ever been. 
uh, one of the, the start of the show, right? That there's some uncertainty uh, in a particular bank. And so there are challenges that everybody who's listening has. And that is just navigating the economic uncertainty. You know, there's so much going around the world. And when I mention the world, it's almost like you have to be somewhat informed about what's happening around the world, not just, you know, where your locale is, but not just in the United States, but around the world. And so we also look at uh, building portfolios that can withstand some market shocks. Now, I, I I'm not going to elaborate on this because we talk about diversification a lot on this show, but that would be helpful to protect, protect you from the downside if you have a good asset allocation. And then I can't stress this one more, and, and it is a challenge, and it's even a challenge today because we're human, is just trying to stay in the markets when we have uh, challenging times. And we've witnessed over and over and over again, Bruce, because we've done this a long time, that if you are patient, you know, markets do recover. Now, it does take time, and that can be frustrating for our clients, but um, we, we've managed to, to um, have our clients trust us in our advice there. <clears throat> the tougher one today that we haven't, uh, we haven't had to deal with for a while is this inflation. And, you know, how long is it going to be around and how high is it going to go? And are, is the Fed going to be able to work on, on getting it to a, a, a number or a percentage that we can deal with as an economy and as a global economy? And then probably the number one uh, financial planning technique that we utilize is sustainable income for life. I mean, if you're going to retire soon or if you're already retired, if you are working with Wealth Enhancement Group, you probably know that there's a real comfort in knowing where your paychecks are going to come from and that you're probably not selling out of the stock market when it's way down, you know, to live. And so what I find, Bruce, is just our clients have a real calm about them because not only am I their financial advisor, but this just as an advisor, I don't personally have every single skill, even though I've done this a long time, I'm not the best at everything. So Wealth Enhancement Group uses this team approach where I have to rely on different resources within our company to come back with a client um, with their answer. But I would say, Bruce, the number one thing is the calm is coming from, because many of our clients are living off their money at this point, that we are assisting them in creating a paycheck and they're not worried about, you know, paying their bills. Bruce? Yeah, that's all good stuff. I just, a couple of quick thoughts. Um, when you talk about, and again, it's ironic that we're talking about a bank failure to start the show, but when we've been talking recently about, you know, making, you know, like 4% on your money and after so many so many years of like 0.1%, it's nice to get your bank statement and see that you're actually making interest. But to your point, Peg, it's still not, not keeping pace with inflation. So it might look great on paper that you're earning this interest at, at whatever you're making, say 4%, whatever it is, 
but inflation is still higher. You're still actually technically losing purchasing power. So we still need to stay invested to some degree so that our aggregate return on our money, it, it hopefully exceeds the rate of inflation so we don't go backwards in terms of our purchasing power, which leads right into, and this is the whole ball game, right? This is what everybody listening is, is concerned about. This is what our clients are concerned about. Being able to retire when they want, the lifestyle that they want, and not have to worry about running out of money. So this higher inflation is making that more challenging. There's no question about that. We really got spoiled. We really had a lot of years where inflation was really low, um, and now it's really, you know, really impacting people. And it's stubborn. We keep thinking, you know, we, we've got a handle on it, and then we get more news or people, you know, learn from, know from their own experience going to the grocery store that we still have inflation and it's still a huge issue. So um, that's all, all great stuff. And, and, you know, again, how, how do you deal with this? Well, a lot of people probably go seek out help. Vic? Yeah. They, and, you know, when you actually accumulate wealth, um, it actually gets so much more complicated. Like when I remember when I had no money, well, that wasn't complicated, but once you start accumulating wealth, I mean, it's bigger decisions. It's higher stakes. It's not just higher stakes for yourself. It's high stakes for your entire family, and it's greater uncertainty. But to, to kind of quiet, and that's what I use the word calm, to kind of quiet your concerns, there's a lot of people out there who hire help. And they hire advisors in different areas of expertise. But um, Wealth Enhancement Group started so long ago with having the concept of, I don't know everything, and I'll be the first to admit, I'm not the best or I'm not the most knowledgeable about all these, um, you know, financial decisions we have to make, and, and, I, and I, I need a team of people. So enhancement group quickly said, okay, Peg's really good at fixed income and bonds and, and coaching clients on this, but then Bruce has got his expertise and all these other advisors. And then, you know, all of a sudden, then you've got the financial planning team, the retirement planning team, the tax strategies people, the investment management people, you know, the legal people that we need. And we built out this whole infrastructure on the whole premise of you don't know what you don't know. But if you don't know, you got somebody that you can go to and get the correct answer. So a while back, Bruce, we actually put a booklet together called the seven things your advisor may not be telling you, or it may not be that they're not telling you. They may not know. And so this booklet is available now on our website. And so Bruce and I are going to only touch on a few of those topics today, but everybody listening, you can, you can go on our website, www.wealthenhancement.com backslash your money. And if you'd like to order this, you know, free of charge, you can go on there and get it. So I wanted also today, Bruce, if somebody has a question for us, given your advisor, or if you have a financial situation, you can call today and, and talk to us live or text 651-461-9226. Bruce? Yeah, Peg, good stuff. And, again, this all comes down to 
just getting a second opinion. And, and I'm never offended. You know, you, you mentioned client confidence. And I'm, we are blessed. And, and I know a lot of people think when, when there's tough economic times, ho, 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 I bet your phone's ringing off the hook. It really doesn't. We've really worked with our clients a long time and coached them up, and they understand the, uh, the ebbs and flows of the market. And I really don't get many nervous clients. But I will say that the, the prolonged um, uncertainty of the economy right now, I am getting a few calls here and there uh, of nervous people or second-guessing or questioning what we're doing. And I would tell them or anybody else, if you want to get a second opinion, you know, go ahead. We, it, it's, if that makes you feel better um, and you, and you want, want someone, somebody else's expertise, it's never a bad idea. So, and then the other thing uh, I wanted to mention, you know, Peg, when you talked about the roundtable and how we built this model and that you can't be an expert in everything, you are recognized throughout the company as kind of the go-to person in bonds and other things. We're still looking for my specific field of expertise. We haven't found it yet. <laughs> but, you know, in terms of that model, several times in the last week, you can't even make this stuff up. I think at least three times I had a complicated question from a client that I had no idea how to address. And I either went to the round table with an email to, to the advisors and or I went directly to central planning and got a really comprehensive accurate, thorough answer that I could share with my client that I would have never known on my own. And it's, I can't even tell you how good it feels to have that support system and that ability to, to give that information to clients. So let's dive into a couple of these things. We've, we've eaten up almost our, our whole first hour, but we can sneak a couple of these in yet before we take a break. Peg? Yeah, I think, you know, just getting the specialized financial advice that you deserve. Um, some advisors specialize in one thing, and they only concentrate on stock picking or working with young professionals or something like that. If you interview a company, just ask questions about, you know, what is your specialty? What is your, what are you an expert in if, if it's only one thing and they don't have the resources to, to do all comprehensive planning, that might be a, a red flag. The other one that's truly important, and it's in the booklet, is your advisor may be taking too much risk or maybe it's too little risk in your portfolio. We do such an analysis on, you know, profiling the client and what income do they want and what's important to them, and then we back into how much risk do you have to have to achieve your goal. We don't measure someone and say, oh, based on your age, you need to have this risk. Why take more risk than you have to? And our clients that are listening today are going to go, oh, yeah, I've heard that a million times. Why take more risk than you have to? But then there's all sorts of measurements. Like, are, are, the, are the advisors just measuring on the S&P 500? Well, that's just one benchmark. Um, so we use a more complex um, measurement of how wealth enhancement is doing when it comes to uh, our managed portfolio. And then there's, you know, so much to do with your long-term goals and what your needs are. I mean, you need it to be tailored to you specifically, Bruce. 
Yeah, and uh, Danny, uh, this will be the last thought, and I'll, I'll throw it back to you. Peg just really hit the key thing there. Um, I think so much of the time, people that try to do this on their own or e- even other people in our space, the, the advice or the investment uh, ideas that they have are generic and they apply to everybody. And how can the same investment be good for everybody? It, we're snowflakes. We have different goals and objectives, different tolerances, different time horizons, different needs in terms of rate of return. So, yeah, you do have to know the client. You have to know what's important to them. You have to know what makes them tick. What are their goals and objectives? So then you can customize investment advice, make sense for them. And it's not one size fits all. It's everybody's different. We're all different. So we'll pick up on that, and we'll pick up on some of the other things that we didn't get to yet. We'll tie a bow on it in the second half of the show, and then Denny will let listeners drive most of the second half of the show. Very good, Bruce. Right you are. And uh, let uh, me pass along the phone number. It's also the text number. And I urge you, we're already uh, receiving a bunch of text messages. And you can do the same, either phone call or text. It's 651-461-9226. Again, either phone call or text message, 651-461-9226. You can also send the messages to yourmoneyatwealthenhancement.com. Stay with us. If you do have a financial question for Peg or Bruce, you can always call this number 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That number is 888-6-ADVICE, and you can email those questions as well to yourmoneyatwealthenhancement.com. But right now, and we urge you to do so, you can call or text our studio line right now during the show, 651-461-9226. Again, 651 461 9226. Once again, here's Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor Peg Webb and the founder of Wealth Enhancement Group, Financial Advisor Bruce Helmer. Thank you, Denny Long. Thank you, listeners, for sticking with us. Or if you joined us late, Peg and I in the first half of the show talked a little bit about uh, the Silicon Valley Bank failure on Friday. Uh, More to come on that story. It's really, really new, but key takeaways for listeners. Again, if you joined us late, Uh, I don't think you have to worry about whatever your particular bank is. I don't think the banking system in general is in danger. I think this particular bank was an outlier. And also remember that you have federal uh, insurance up to $250,000 per account. So even if your bank was in trouble, there's actually protection for you. So people do not need to lose sleep tonight wondering if their bank is going to fail Monday morning or next week. Probably not going to happen, and you're protected. Don't so don't don't worry about that. That said, it might have a negative impact on Wall Street when the market opens on Monday. We'll see what happens, but we'll have more on this you know breaking story probably on the show next week. We talked about how uh, the challenges that people face getting the financial success that they're looking for. Many people turn to a financial advisor, and we talked about. Whether, you, whether you've had a financial advisor and wondering if maybe the advisor that's taking you to, to, to the point you're at now is the right person to be with going forward, or if you don't have an advisor at all. We talked about some of the reasons to consider an advisor, some of the things that they can do for you. And Peg, one of the things that we didn't get to that we probably should mention, if someone is looking for an advisor, um, the difference between an advisor that uh, – that that is a fiduciary versus not a fiduciary. You want to talk a little bit about that? Because I think that's important. 
Yeah, fiduciary is um, it's someone who's actually required to work in your best interest. Now, that sounds like why in the world wouldn't this person want to work in your best interest? Well, um, if they're not a fiduciary, they could be motivated based on maybe a commission or maybe, you know, something that they believe in more so and it doesn't necessarily fit you, but um, et cetera. So you want to make sure uh, one thing that you can look for, and it, and it is listed in our seven things your advisor may not be telling you, is you may want to look for what's called a registered investment advisor. And you might see RIA, you know, behind someone's name or the company. And that has different standards. That has suitability standards. It has the best interest standards. It has the fiduciary standards. And so what you want to do is ask the person that you're interviewing or your existing advisor if you are a registered investment advisor. Um, you know, and, and that has something to do with, too, how, what they specialize in. Because I think if you are a registered investment advisor, you probably have a little bit greater knowledge, you know, beyond investment. And I've been in this long enough where it used to be, you know, you were like a specialist in investments only. And many, many advisors and used to be called brokers in the day, you know, uh, fold themselves on the fact that they were great investment people, that they can find that needle in the haystack and make you lots of money. Well, comprehensive planning, as far as we're concerned, is very much more well-rounded. And your probability of success doesn't just come from what you're purchasing and investing in. It comes from the whole comprehensive advice. Bruce? Peg, you know, something just came into my head, and sometimes I've got to be careful because I have a tendency to whatever comes in my head comes out my mouth, and sometimes it shouldn't. Um, and I've been sitting here kind of debating whether or not I want to go down this road, but I think I will. I think I'm okay. But I'll preface it by saying uh, it might sound controversial to some people, and it might sound a little arrogant or self-serving, but it's, it's true. It's accurate. So, and I think you'll relate. I, I don't know why this hit me now. I don't think I've ever said this on air before. But you and I have both been to a lot of conferences in our lives that supposedly the best advisors are invited to, the cream of the crop in the, in the financial advisory world. And so often at these conferences, I've been struck by the fact, I've been so spoiled in my life at Wealth Enhancement that the rest of the world these are supposedly the cream of the crop, how they are lacking in knowledge compared to us and the things I hear, the things that people say that I know are wrong or, or irrelevant, or, and how often I hear people talking about um, their own best interests and how they made so much money doing this and doing that, and their focus clearly is not on their client. Their focus is clearly on how much money they make. And I actually stopped going to those things years ago because I just decided I'm not going to benefit here. And it does me no good to, to associate with these people. They're not up to our standards. Now, is that too controversial or too arrogant? Or am I spot on? You've experienced the same thing, right? 
Yeah, I've experienced the same thing. And at those conferences, uh, many of them raise their hands and ask what I believe is the most simplest question. And why do you not know that? Like, it wasn't even that complicated. So um, I tended to, to, to get really bored in those meetings because they weren't asking, there was no questions at the level of a uh, wealth enhancement group. And let me just tell you one other thing. So, um, so this round table, so this round table is, you know, now we have 87 offices across the United States, but we are coast to coast, Los Angeles, all the way to Manhattan, right? And what I found, because we, we started in the Midwest, what I have found is the perspectives that we're getting from the East Coast, West Coast versus the Midwest, it is just broadening our horizon, meaning what we do is I have a question, I will put it on the email, and it will go out to every advisor in Wealth Enhancement Group system. I say, I've got this client case. This is their circumstance. Uh, have any of you witnessed or gone through this before? And the emails just start coming in from all over the United States. Here's what I did. Here's what I did. We don't know of any other firm that cohesively works together, uh, the advisors work together like we do. So that's part of our roundtable, Bruce. Yeah, that sharing culture and that uh, helping each other as advisors to make sure we give our clients our best possible advice. Um, okay, a couple things quick, and then I'll give you the last word, Peg, and then uh, we'll let listeners drive the rest of the show. You already mentioned it, but a lot of our topic today comes from our, uh, our booklet that we provide, um, Seven Things Your Advisor May Not Be Telling You. That's available on our website at www.wealthenhancement.com slash money www.wealthenhancement.com slash your money. The other thing that we should mention really quickly, if any of the things that we're talking about hit a nerve with you, maybe you have an advisor and you're not sure if you're satisfied or you haven't had an advisor at all and you're thinking of interviewing for one, um, it's never a bad idea to get a second opinion. Never a bad idea. I would say, I mentioned the first half of the show, heck, I would tell my clients it's not a bad idea to get a second opinion if you're, if you're feeling uncomfortable for any reason. But if you're, if you're out there and you're not a wealth enhancement client and you have an advisor and you're not sure if you're comfortable or you don't have an advisor, you can call Wealth Enhancement. I'm going to give, I know we give way too many phone numbers and people can't keep track of everything, Danny. I'm sorry, but the, this particular number, 1-888-747-9804. Let me say that one more time. 1-888-747-9804. If you call, you can schedule a no-cost, no-obligation, reality check, consultation and at the meeting, We'll discuss where you are now and where you want to be, what you want to accomplish. We'll identify opportunities for your portfolio and your financial planning, and we'll suggest what we think are next logical steps for you in your specific one-of-a-kind. You're the only you out there. You're a snowflake. What makes sense for you? And we'll help you decide whether or not our services may be a good fit for what you're looking for. And, and again, we're a fiduciary. So we must give you our best advice. Sometimes our best advice is we're not the right fit for any number of different reasons. And if we're not, 
will tell you that. Your, your current advisor is doing fine. You don't need to change anything. Stay there. But again, it doesn't cost anything to get this second opinion. So one 888 747 No cost, no obligation, reality check consultation. Peg, anything else you want to make sure we share today with listeners before we turn the show over to them? Yeah, I, I think that um, if you don't have a good if you don't have a thousand percent feeling about what's going on um, financially and maybe you're still working on some type of financial goal that was so long ago discussed and you think it's just, you know, on, pi- on just autopilot, that would be probably a, a reason to change. And then I want to just mention the word empathy. I mean, I, I feel like if, if the advisor doesn't have, you know, doesn't, doesn't wit, you can't witness, you know, that their caring is, is over the top because that's what you should be getting, then that's another reason maybe you want to, uh, you know, get a second opinion. Bruce? Well, you know, and, and Peg, again, I mentioned in the first half of the show, that I don't get very many of those calls, but I I have been getting more recently. And I think what happens is when you have a prolonged downturn or a prolonged period of of uncertainty or trepidation, the longer it lasts, the more nervous people start to get. But what's been interesting about, you know, the handful of calls or emails and conversations I've had, so often the client will say to me, well, you should do this, or why aren't you doing this? And you should, and the things they say to me, it's like they're repeating everything I told them. <laughs> it's like, we do do that. What are you talking about? But, but, you know, sometimes you can do everything right, like in 2022, and still not get the result you want. There was no safe harbor in 2022 when it comes to the investment world. Stocks were down, bonds were down, real estate was down. So it's like they, they, they tell me these things that a good financial advisor should be doing. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I wrote that book. We do all of those things. What else do you think we should be doing differently? So, so virtually all the time when I've had those occasional questions, by the time the conversation is over or the email trade is over, they're back on board and they're like, oh, yeah, that's right. You, you, that's right. I forgot that. Yeah, I know. I, 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 but again, people get nervous when things stay bad for a long period of time. And, uh, you know, a bank failing on Friday probably isn't helping anybody's peace of mind. So more on that hopefully next week. Denny, uh, calls and or texts, but let's let listeners take us home. Very good. Here again is our number for either a phone call or text, 651-461-9226. Bruce and Peg, a texter says this from uh, Fort Myers, should I get out of the market and go to cash because of the threat to not raise the debt ceiling and the U.S. government defaults on their obligations? Great question, and I'm glad we're getting uh, questions from Fort Myers. So, Peg, uh, you want to get out of the market and go to cash? Well, I, I, I'd love to be able to go sit on the sidelines and, um, and, and, and be more calm, right? Because that's what it's just feeling right now that that's maybe something that you want to do. And that's easy. That's easy. You just make a phone call. You sit on the sidelines. Uh, the negative is 
this is what I've witnessed for decades, is it's hard to know when to get back in. I mean, if your decision is, hey, my risk tolerance has changed. You know, right now I'm 60% in growth, 40% in some type of fixed income, and I'd rather be 20% in growth, and I can live my life just the way I want to live it and not have this stress. That's a different decision than what this um, this tester is saying is should I go temporarily into cash and then I really want to get back in? Well, good luck because the signs of when to get back in are not headlines at all. There isn't any magic about knowing, hey, this is the time to get back in. So that's the negative of this that kind of a strategy. And more often than not, and I'd say 100% of the time, is if you stay in, now I don't know how long, you know, if the market does go down further, um, and it might, because it's probably going to be remain volatile even before this bank announcement, um, it's best if hopefully that's your long-term money, and then you can ride out waiting for it to come back. And Bruce, we get this question all the time from our clients too, so it's not that they're just sitting around just saying, hey, I got Wealth Enhancement Group, I'm fine. You know, we're human. And so we're looking at the situation today and saying, but I would so caution people, don't think that that's easy to go sit on the sidelines. That, that part is easy. But trying to get back in and timing that correctly, statistic after statistics that they ran says that those people never got back in at the right time and their average rate of return over time is much less historically than um, than trying to time it. Bruce? Yep, so I'll just add really quick, and that was all good stuff. Uh, the key thing that Peg said, I think, is long-term money, money that you know you don't need for a decade or 12 years or 15 years, should stay in the market. Now, for clarity's sake, Raising the debt ceiling does not mean approving new spending. Raising the debt ceiling means paying the credit card bill when we get the invoice. It's money we've already spent. The U.S. failing on its debt obligation would be bad for the global economy. No question about it. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but I give up trying to predict what politicians on both sides of the aisle will and won't do anymore in this day and age. So could it happen? Sure, it could. Is that a reason why I should get out of the market? No, because any negative reaction to something bad, whether it's defaulting on our debt or an assassination of a politician or a bank failing, it's going to be short-lived. When we're investing in stocks, remember, we're investing in, presumably, smart, innovative, well-run companies that over time are going to make money and increase in value. And that's going to continue to happen. Short-term money should be in cash already. So that's the main thing that, that you need to remember that Peg hit on. Long-term money, you stay invested. Short-term money should, shouldn't be invested in the first place. And for every bad thing that might happen, I can name a good thing. You know what? If the war in Ukraine would end, if Putin would die of natural causes, or somebody would assassinate him and Russia said, we want out of this war, you would see, I think, great, robust global reaction positively to that. You can always point to a, a, a global event, good and bad, and say, 
if this happens in the short term, it's going to be good or bad for the market. But in the long term, the market's probably going to reward investors like it always has. Denny, we should have time for at least one more. Here are a couple of uh, FDIC questions. One is uh, the FDIC for a joint couple is 500000 Is that correct? And the other question is, why do you think investment companies don't have FDIC? Oh, okay. Uh, Peg, you want to uh, – so Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, um, a joint account insured to 500000 my understanding is, and you correct me if I'm wrong or you have a different understanding, is that it's 250 per account. So if you want protection to 500000 rather than having one joint account, you have two individual accounts for 250 That's how I think it works. Is that your understanding? Yeah, no. Um, so if you have... Uh husband and wife or you have a joint account you can open one account and have two 250,000 FDIC insurance so you don't okay. have to go open individual accounts to get it and also okay. you should know that if you have a revocable trust and it's you know um, Peg Webb and her husband trustees for the you know revocable trust that also covers you for that 500000 And what about the second part, protection for the securities industry, for our world? Um, for Securities Insurance Protection Corp. You, if it's, we didn't talk about that. This is FDIC, but if it's the Securities Protection Insurance Corp with, you know, investments, then you're going to have to look at your own custodian you know, to see what those numbers are. Yeah, so there is, again, the the key, I think, and I know we're getting close to the end, Danny, the the second part of the texter's question, we don't have FDIC insurance, but that's because the nature of investments, you're taking on risk of principle, and you know that when it happens. So if you invest in a stock and it goes under, you can't say, well, pay me back. I I didn't want to lose money. You're, you're taking that risk when you make the investment. You understand that. But there is protection, again, if you don't get all the key information that you need to make a fully informed decision, then you can, you can seek you know, um, uh, some help if something happens that shouldn't have happened. And I know we're running out of time. I've got to stop there. Okay, very good. We'll be back again next week with more of your money. But here's a phone number that's available to you 24-7 if you have a financial question. 888-6-ADVICE or get on the web, yourmoney at wealthenhancement.com.